The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program, WNKV, Maple Knoll Communities, its staff or management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investments. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on 89.3 FM WNKV. And now your host, Vina Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vina Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, where this week, as every week, we're putting folks just like you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. And today... We are talking about a very important new law that is not yet passed, but is going to be passed very soon at the federal level that will affect the way that we do business in probably not a real favorable way. You may have heard of this. It's called House Resolution 1728. It has already gotten through Congress and is under consideration by the Senate. We're going to talk a little bit today about what this might mean for you, the small real estate investor, in terms of your selling properties using owner carrybacks. Before we get to that, uh, unbelievably, there are still seats at tomorrow's How to Be a Successful Private Lender seminar here at Maple Knoll Village in Springdale, Ohio. You can get one of the last few seats by going to wmkvfm.org. It's right there on the front page. And we got a special, special bonus program going today where if you sign up for the class or for the uh, audios and handouts from the class, if you're out of town, you also get into a one-day seminar happening on June the 20th here in Cincinnati on how to buy and profit from ugly houses. That is going to be taught by myself and Jerry Fink, who... Uh, is a frequent guest here on Real Life Real Estate Investing and who uh, is a rehabber. He does lots and lots and lots of rehabs on properties to either rent or resell. So half the day is going to be about how to wholesale ugly houses. The other half of the day is going to be about how to fix up and keep or fix up and sell ugly houses. You can get into both of those classes for the same $99 pledge at wmkvfm.org, but that is only until midnight tonight. So don't be calling tomorrow and saying, where's my bonus? Because after tonight, doesn't exist anymore. Uh, those of you who have already registered for the How to Become a Successful Private Lender seminar should have confirmation letters in your email boxes already giving you directions to the event, the uh, times which are 6 to 9 p.m. and so on. Uh, if that is not the case, you can give us a call here at 772-9658 and we will make sure that you do in fact get that information. Again, time's running out and the $99 for one person or $119 for two, of course, goes to support public radio here on WMKV. And we thank all of the folks who've already made their pledge to do that event. Again, WMKVFM.org. Uh, joining me now to talk about the House Resolution 1728 is Jeffrey Schiller, who is a Maryland-based attorney who divides his time between managing his law office and title company and also acting as partner general counsel and hard money specialist for Hard Money Bankers, LLC. He brings 15 years experience as a lawyer and licensed title agent to the forefront 
in structuring creative real estate transactions and hard money loans for his client. And Jeffrey, uh, you're a little worried about this House Resolution 1728 because your business of structuring creative transactions could really be affected by this. Uh, yes, good evening, Vina. Um, well, certainly uh, in my practice, I, I have a very uh, investor-friendly practice, and we deal a lot with uh, creative real estate transactions, uh, um, people that are investors buying, selling properties, um, and it is of uh, great concern to many of my clients right now as to um, how and if this bill will impact them. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, just to get uh, there, there's there's a lot of chatter that's been going on about this bill over the last few days on the internet and and uh, at the at the National Real Estate Investors Association and so on. But let's for the folks who maybe haven't heard of this up until now, let's let's just kind of give a broad brush of of what this thing is supposed to do and regulate. Uh, sure. Uh, well, the name of it should um, give you a good idea. It's called the Mortgage Reform and Anti-Predatory Lending Act. And, of course, this is uh, part of Congress's attempt um, towards economic stabilization and trying to rein in some of the abusive lending practices, high-cost loans, high fees, high points, um, making it a little more uniform across the country as it relates to mortgage brokers, mortgage originators, and um, basically bringing in a lot of the abusive and predatory lending practices that kind of put us uh, at, at our current financial situation. Well, it sounds good and, of course, politically popular so far, but what, where, where, does the, where does the small real estate investor get dragged into this? Well, as oftentimes when uh, the government shows up to regulate things, um, they show up to a knife fight with a cannon. And uh, certain parts of the bill that have, have since passed in the House and now being uh, presented in the Senate um, are worrisome to people like myself and to a smaller investor because they have amended what's commonly known as the Truth in Lending Act. And, and that's an act that's been around for a long time as part of uh, RESPA, the Real Estate Settlements and Procedures Act, the Truth in Lending Act. And that really is at the heart of regulating mortgage transactions in the country um, related to consumers and, and, and home purchases. But they've gone very far in expanding the definition of what constitutes a residential mortgage loan and when in extending consumer credit, um, this federal piece of legislation will attach to somebody um, offering financing. And part of the bill... Uh, that has been proposed to the Senate has provisions in there that, uh, in essence, without getting ground down into the details of it, that if you are offering land installment or uh, residential financing to a consumer more than one time uh, within any 36-month period, you could be deemed uh, by this new piece of legislation as a mortgage originator. And, of course, that that leads you down the path of um, understanding or having to understand um, how to mortgage originate, um, definitions of high-cost mortgage loans, having to make good faith, reasonable determinations of the consumer's creditworthiness, all the things that a smaller investor uh, probably can't do, certainly not on his own for the most part, and probably shouldn't be doing. And I, I, I find it hard to believe that this statute um, was really intended to throw a dragnet around this type of you know, occasional practice by by an investor, but um, you know, at first, 
at first glance at this, we're, we're trying to determine whether that's that's the case or not. Mm-hmm. Now, there's the, we, we should say really here two things. The, the first is, like most of us, you only got wind of this thing in the last week, even though it's already passed Congress and uh, it's uh, slated to go up on the agenda in the Senate at any point in time. And we're not holding you out here as like, you know, somebody who's cross-referenced all the laws and, and has a has a 100% complete understanding of every possible thing that could happen as a result of this, because even the folks who do that don't have any way of knowing what the unintended consequences are going to end up being. But basically what it looks like right now is that if you sell more than one property every 36 months with some sort of owner carryback, which is not, not that's not clearly defined. Uh, it certainly means owner held mortgages, probably means wraparound mortgages, probably means land contracts and could even, because the wording is sort of vague, get into lease options. If you, it, It's possible. It's it, possible. You know, they, they're defining it um, right now and they're, and they've defined what a residential mortgage loan is. Uh, and, and certainly anybody selling a house, um, an offering or extending credit, I think, you know, could be, as we discussed, within the confines of reviewing this and understanding what's going on, could could be subject to this law. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the the fact that that anyone who's doing more than really one of these transactions, say, selling a property on land contract or with an owner held mortgage, every three years, it looks like is subject to all the rest of these rules and regulations. We're talking about something that is going to be fairly heinous to comply with. And again, as you said, is probably not really meant to do what it's what it's going to do Uh, as as people who do sell properties on installment sales of various types. We're already supposed to be giving truth and lending statements to our buyers. And of course, as a matter of doing business correctly, we are going to make sure that our buyers can, in fact, reasonably afford the property. However, what this does is it makes things that are already part of our business practices and state law part of the federal law and then redefines them all for us. Uh, One of the things about it that really scared me was it says that uh, you'll make a reasonable attempt to determine that the the buyer can repay, and there's no definition of what the buyer can repay means. That's yeah, that's the problem that you often get into with these types of situations where um, they're going to throw the word reasonable into it, and what's reasonable for you or me might not re- be reasonable for somebody else, and and certainly a smaller investor or somebody who occasionally buys a house and maybe buys it for cash and turns around and sells it to somebody that, that can't get conventional financing right now uh, for whatever reason. I mean, banks just aren't lending right now um, like they were several years ago. And, and you might be forced to offer some financing to a buyer of your property uh, just to move the property and get, you know, and it's a win-win, really. The person gets a house, the seller gets some type of annuity over some term. But, you know, imagine having to, do that and then worry about, am I licensed as a mortgage originator? Uh, do I have to give a, what type of required disclosures do I have to give to this person? Am I going to fall into the definition of a high cost loan? Um, am I going to be allowed to have a balloon payment in three years like I want to do? Cause I'm going to need this cash in two years when my wife and I retire and we need to move down to Florida. 
or wherever you're retiring, and all of a sudden you realize that you violated federal law because you you didn't comply with all this stuff. And I think that's really where the concern is. Uh, with uh, there's already a lot of um, non-compliance, if you will, out there. You know, we're already all subject to the Truth in Lending Act and making, some, as you referenced, Nina, with regard to you know, you're doing land installment ourselves. We're already subjected to a certain amount of federal regulation. Um, I just think that um, people are going to have a real problem with uh, you know, mass non-compliance, as I think you and I discussed on on this. Now, Jeffrey, uh, I'm going to ask you to hang on through a quick break here because I have I have two more quick questions for you before we let you go. I also want to give callers a chance to ask questions or comment at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658 or contact us via email at askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. Today we are discussing a new piece of federal legislation that is likely to be passed uh, sometime this summer uh, that is really, you know, the, their heart's in the right place. They they want to make it so that uh, some of the predatory loans that have uh, contributed to the foreclosure crisis uh, don't come about again. Uh, this 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 bill, which is extremely lengthy, by the way, uh, does a lot to to regulate things like mortgage yield spreads and things that uh, that that mortgage brokers and lenders do. But unfortunately, there's a little piece of the law. It's Section 1013E that appears to define anyone who is selling houses on land contracts or owner carryback mortgages once every 36 months as a mortgage originator, which means that you, if you are uh, selling properties creatively, may find yourself subject to a huge new law that you don't understand and that unfortunately uh, heaps an enormous amount of regulatory paperwork and associated penalties upon people who are just trying to sell a house or two. And uh, I, I have with me Jeffrey Schiller, who's an attorney from Maryland, who has reviewed the law and who uh, works with investors in creative deals and, and has some concerns, as many, many people do, about that definition of small real estate investors as potential mortgage originators. Uh, there's been a, just an enormous amount of chatter on about this on the internet and amongst real estate investors over the past few days. So we're trying to clarify some of what this might mean for you if you sell properties creatively. 772-9658 or 877-772-9658 if you would like to comment or question. Um, so Jeffrey, we're, we're, we're fairly certain at this point that unless you fall into the category of don't sell houses more than once every 36 months this way, uh, you are going to be subject to a a very huge, very burdensome set of regulations that, that uh, honestly, most of them don't even apply to the kinds of transactions that we do. And I'm starting to see people say, well, you know, the world's not ending. This isn't Armageddon. We'll get around it. We'll just get a mortgage broker's license and, and just continue to do what you're doing. Uh, what is your take on that? Well, that's a great question, Bina. Um, the real question is, you know, is this a mountain or is this a molehill? Um, and I think that's yet to be seen. I think that because it, the the uh, the concern about this is so new, um, I'm not actually sure where this started from. But uh, you know, I myself have been getting um, concerned phone calls, people trying to find out, hey, you know, Jeff, what's going on with this? Um, do I need to be worried about this? I sell four or five properties 
a year. I finance them sometimes. You know, what's the issue? And, of course, anytime somebody does something like this, they are going to be subjecting themselves to some regulation, uh, whether it be the federal truth and lending law, whether it be the state laws concerning um, you know, taking back mortgages on properties. There's actually some state laws that control these types of things. So, so you can't avoid legislation completely. And I think the people that are out there saying this is a molehill are simply saying we're already subjected to this stuff. So, okay, let's add this other piece to it. It's no big deal. But I think there's some... There, there's, there's some truth to that, but there's some bad to that. And the bad is that um, I don't think anybody out there who wants to be involved in selling a piece of property or three or five or even ten properties a year as a property investor wants to be called, labeled a mortgage originator or have to go through a national mortgage licensing program uh, and make sure that they understand or hire someone to understand all the compliance issues related to this. That's really what we're trying to cipher through right now to determine how bad is this? Does this really, um, does this really put a crimp and destroy creative financing? Uh, or is this something where the intent of the legislature was to do something different um, and, and uh, they don't intend to go down this road? Or maybe it's as simple as an amendment to this, uh, this bill that if we all act uh, in a timely manner before our senators vote on this, uh, maybe we can get some better clarification and, and force some of those provisions out of there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's there's something too that the, the the folks who are in the camp of oh well we'll just get around it uh, are I think missing, which is this is a this is a fairly big and new incursion of the federal government on private property rights. It is it's been the case for years that the federal government and the states regulated mortgage loans where. Some third party is bringing money to the table, giving it to the buyer, and then the seller, so giving the seller and the buyer has to pay it back. What we're talking about here is is people who own a home, and are or or other kind of property, and are choosing to sell it in a particular way, generally because of their own goals or because of the market conditions. Now, right now, it's hard to sell a house with conventional financing because your buyer can't get conventional financing. So, what do you do? You take payments instead. But it's it's your house. It's not it's not that that you know you're you're bringing some money from the table to the table and profiting from the money. You know you're profiting from the property, and it's generally been up until recently the uh, sort of uh, philosophy of the whole country that if you have a house and you're not doing anything heinous or illegal with it, you kind of have the right to do your transactions as you see fit. Again, within the boundaries of usury laws and so on. And this is saying, no, if you have your own house, you may be required to be licensed in some way to sell it. Yeah, that's, and that's a great point. And I think that's really where the clarification is needed here and making sure that we don't have that kind of incursion into uh, private property rights and, and you know, a private transaction between a buyer and a seller, um, not having um, a third-party intermediary who is um, somehow charging points, fees, et cetera, to pass this on to some to some uh, Wall Street uh, investment and making broker points and then walking away from the deal and causing all the types of problems that we've had in the past. And, and I think we've said already that this is a good, uh, a good way of trying to stop the abusive practices that led us down this economic turmoil. But really, are we at a point where we want the federal government to be intruding into such a private matter between uh, you know, buyers and sellers? 
I guess some would say yes, but uh, I, for one, don't need another 500-page um, piece of legislation to tell me how I can sell my house with a private buyer. Mm-hmm. And it's it's there's a lot of, of thought that that this is the camel getting its nose into the tent in terms of what's going to happen next. It's a it's a slippery slope once the federal government decides they have the the right and probably, in fact, obligation to start regulating this sort of thing. What's going to be the next thing? What's going to be the next thing? What's going to be the next thing? And, and, the, and the one thing that sellers don't want, shouldn't have to and don't want to worry about is three years down the road when your borrower decides to, or the buyer of your house, who you sell or finance some piece of that, um, to, to come back and say, well, you, you didn't give me uh, – um, you know, a 0.3% correct tolerance within the annual percentage rate form that you were supposed to give me or that you did give me and it's wrong. Um, so I want a refund of money and your lien is no good and, uh, and I'm entitled to triple damages. And, you know, that those just are not the things that I think any one of us um, really want this thing to go or where we want this thing to go. Mm -hmm. It will, in fact, suppress a lot of the creative financing that's going on uh, just simply because people are afraid to do it. People are afraid to take the chance on letting someone be a homeowner by letting them make payments. You know, why why would I want to go through all this? Just make them go to the bank. And, of course, the buyers can't go to the bank. And uh, it's a bad thing not just for real estate investors in the real estate investing business, but for the housing market in general. Because if I have a house and I've got the choice of putting myself up for all of these potential penalties and regulations or renting it, I'm going to rent it. And that means one less homeowner in the world. That means one less uh, person in a neighborhood who's really going to care a whole lot about the neighborhood and about the property itself and keep it in good shape. And uh, one less person who can take the tax deductions and who can take those steps toward the American dream. So not 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 good for anybody, it looks like. And of course, we will be getting more information on this as time goes by. But I uh, greatly appreciate you uh, taking the time to join us today, Jeffrey. Absolutely. Thank you, Dina. Thank you. That was Jeffrey Schiller, who was joining us by phone, of course, uh, here on Real Life Real Estate Investing to comment on House Rule number 1728, the new Anti-Predatory Lending Act that certainly looks at this point like it's going to impact housing choice negatively and, of course, impact our real estate businesses negatively. You can get more information on this bill and even look to sign up for a conference call that is being held about it tomorrow afternoon at our fan site at realliferealestateradio.com. You'll notice there's two separate notes there. One tells you how to contact your senator if this is bugging you. The other one tells you about tomorrow's call. So go to realliferealestateradio.com and we will uh, uh, be able to fill you in on some more information there. And, of of course, as time goes by, when we come back, we're going to talk to the lobbyists for the National Real Estate Investors Association about the same topic. We're also going to take your calls at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. We're talking today about the house bill that has everybody up in arms in one way or another, either saying, we got to get this stopped, it's going to 
destroy our business. It's going to really negatively impact the availability of housing for Americans. And then we got these other group of people saying, eh, it's no big deal. We'll figure out a way to get around it. So what? We get a mortgage broker's license. We're uh, talking today to some folks who have reviewed the law, at least initially, and who uh, have things to say about it. We're also talking to you at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658. If you'd like to try and make your way through this bill, it is posted at realliferealestateradio.com along with links to contact your elected officials, and that in this case would be your senators. It has already passed the House. And also some information about an upcoming conference call uh, where more about the topic will be discussed. Joining me on the line now is Charles Tassel, who is the lobbyist for the National Real Estate Investors Association, a nonprofit investment association that serves real estate groups all over the United States. Charles, welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing. Thank you, Vina. Glad to be here. Uh, I am glad you are here, Charles, because uh, National RIA has been working very hard over the course of the last couple of weeks to understand and get commentary on this bill and to make its member groups aware of what's going on. Uh, what is National RIA's concern with this bill? Um, aside from the overreaching and the fact that it moved through the House very rapidly, actually within about a week or two period, it moved from committee to the floor passage, and there's very little discussion or, or any kind of deliberation on it, which one of the good things about being in the Senate is the Senate recognizes itself as the deliberative body, and this is where we hope it slows down, people take a solid look at it. Um, it'll be going into Senator Dodd and Senator Shelby's uh, banking committee, and that's that's really where it will have light of day put on it. Um, as you mentioned, you referenced the website. If When folks go to the website, if they also click on committees and click on banking committee, they can find out if their senator is actually on that committee. And those senators are the key senators to talk to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, we, we, we had some commentary, uh, I, I don't know if you got to listen in on it, but from the guests just before you, about some some specific things that I know a lot of people are worried about, and the biggest thing is the the sort of lumping in of the same small real estate investors that National RIA represents into this whole idea of being a loan originator. Uh, other than again the fact that you know the the federal government maybe shouldn't be making laws about private property that the states already cover. Uh, is that sort of National RIA's concern about it as well? In fact, actually, one of the ironies is this bill actually flies directly in the face of a bill that National RIA is, is getting ready to drop. Um, it's going to be, we've got sponsors on it already on the Hill, which is an installment loan modification to make it so that you don't have to pay all the taxes on an installment loan in the first year. Mm -hmm. um, and this goes directly against that and makes it very counterproductive and, and counteracts even being able to do that. In fact, 1728 uh, goes so far that even if you were an owner and you're you're working for a corporation, you can't sell your house quick. You put it on a um, you do a land contract with somebody. Year and a half later, you're doing the same situation. Guess what? You're now caught by this bill. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people who move every couple of years, and they have to because of their business. Mm -hmm. Those people are even caught in this. Let alone the rest of us who are trying to do investments and. In one sense, as uh, um, Adam Smith says, you know, the, the, the small hand of the market, that's what we're doing. And 
this, that's a problem when we start having the government intrude so far in that they actually limit private business. It's one thing to have disclosure, and we're all about disclosure. Everybody should be legitimate and know exactly what's going on and be very clear about that. But putting limits on the business and what business can actually be done is very counterproductive to the very economic stimulus we're trying to encourage everyone to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and someone someone sent me an email yesterday that I found really interesting. Just sort of just sort of commenting on this, uh, you know, you got you got different levels of real estate investors. You've got people who are who are land contracting or carrying back uh, twenty thirty deals a year, and then you got the landlord who always intended to sell off his properties when he was sixty five years old so that he could retire. And he's trying to sell them off in the middle of like the worst market ever, right? And right. and he's got just maybe five or ten of them, and he's gonna he's gonna go out and he's gonna put them on the market, and people are gonna come to him. And they're gonna say, "I love this house, but I can't get financing. So could you just carry it for me for a year or two? And when he does that the second time, he's su- he's he, he's suddenly and he, this isn't even his business. This is it's 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 not that he's he's doing this for a living you know he's doing it as sort of an exit strategy and how is this poor guy even going to know what to comply with and that's it and this net is cast so broadly uh, as you point out with a uh, 1013e it is very problematic and one of the things we're encouraging is not only to individual senators but like i said that banking committee if your senator's on the banking committee um, i think there's already on that list that you referenced um, at the email address some sample letters and such mm-hmm those are the kind of things we need to make sure go out and they need to make sure that they're, you know, non-dramatic. We want to make sure that it's, you know, professional response and, and most specifically send it to your Senator only. If you send it to a Senator that's outside your district, it's not even going to get read. Mm-hmm. And if you send it, especially by email or by fax on your letterhead, that has a huge impact because now you're a voter and you get the Senator's attention. But what you want to do is make sure that you, you know, let them know the impact that it's going to have on you in your community, which is in their state. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That will actually carry weight because what will happen is every every staffer will that catch the, gets those emails will put them in the file, and as this bill comes forward, you have to understand, politicians must do something, but politicians don't like controversy. And when they get a whole bunch of emails that are from professionals, from individuals, um, and they say, here's the impact this is going to have on me. This is how, uh, how bad it is for me. They're going to start going, we need to ask some serious questions about this. Mm-hmm. So we need to show as you know, professionals and businesses, here's how many businesses are impacted. Here's how many families are impacted. Mm-hmm. And that will carry a lot of weight and slow this down to, so it sees the light of day. And one of, the, one of the ongoing issues with real estate investors as a profession has been that they're not very united. They're not. They're not. It's not that they don't. They don't hold similar opinions. It's that they don't tend to express them um, uh, in, a, in an organized way. There's no. There's no. You know, official pack for real estate investors and so on. And this is an opportunity, whether you're for or against this bill. To stand up and just let your senator know, hey, I'm a real estate investor. I'm a professional. Uh, you know, I I, ha- I I pay attention. I have things to say about bills that relate to my business. And again, whether it's pro or con, at least there's this now image that hey, these these folks, there are a lot of them. You know, they they are pros and they 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 do care and they do vote and they do comment on these sorts of things. 
So again, I'd like to direct people to realliferealestateradio.com where you can get information about uh, what the bill says. It's got a link to the actual bill. It's got a link to uh, how to contact your senator. It's got some sample letters. And, and whether you're for or against this, definitely uh, make your voice heard because that way next time maybe before the House rushes into one of these things in two weeks without ever consulting real estate professional number one about the impact that it might have, they might think twice. So, Vina, there's two, two things to consider real quick. Mm-hmm. The budget management office for the, the House has already come back, I mean the White House, has already come back and said they don't even know the if effect this will actually have. They can't even determine what the impact of this bill would have. Um, and part of that's because it's moved so fast, they don't have time to really analyze it. But it's so broad, they don't even know what it will actually do. Um, that, that's, that's very dangerous um, when budget management says that. The second one is, and this is for uh, a lot of our investors who are actually part of national real, the National Realtor Organization, the National Realtors have already signed off and support this. And they're the ones who push forward the 36-month rule that you can only do it in one in 36 months. Mm-hmm. So that, that's a concern. Um, if you're a, a local realtor, you need to contact your local realtor and let them know you're not happy with this. Mm-hmm. And there's there's some chatter on the Internet that's saying, although the National Association of Realtors has signed off on it, some of the state associations are a bit up in arms about the fact that's that the correct. National Association has signed off on it. Because a lot of real estate agents now, just in order to keep the money coming in, are becoming involved in these creative transactions. They are representing the sellers in these creative transactions or the buyers. So, uh, yes, uh, in, anyone that you know who's in the real estate world, you should probably make aware of this. Uh, you can send them to real realestateradio.com uh, or just you know, forward one of the emails you've probably gotten uh, about this over the course of the last few days and and you know let's 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 keep the conversation going let's really determine as best we can uh, what the impact of this is likely to be and uh, let's let's let our elected officials know what we think about it sounds great I very much appreciate you joining me today, Charles. This is Charles Tassel, the lobbyist for the National Real Estate Investors Association. We need to take a quick break. If you have questions or comments about House Rule 1728 or about anything that you'd like to talk about here on Real Life Real Estate, you can give us a call at 772-9658 at 877-772-9658 or send us an email at askvina at gmail.com. Hey kids, it's Mr. Drew. Do you want to know more about real estate investing and hear about upcoming events? Check out Vina's website at realliferealestate.com. 